for you even right now. You good? You're looking great. Yes. Some of you are just looking. Yeah, but God's good, isn't he? Hey, we're going to have a blast tonight at 6 o'clock. Listen, we need um, you to sign up for flag football, and it would appear that... Um, that our announcements have, have led to a misunderstanding. The flag football is not just for the, the guys. Uh, we're you, I think we use the word guys in like a non-gender specific kind of way. Okay? Because I know we got some young ladies in this church that can out any sport, just about most of us men. It's the truth. And so if you're a, a, a lady that would like to play flag football, it is a co-ed flag football, all right? So don't let, don't let that uh, announcement um, be misunderstood anymore. I would like to say this too. Pastor Trent went out there yesterday and marked off a 100-yard football field. And don't let that scare you off either. We're gonna, it's like if I get the ball and I'm running and I actually break out, like I'm going to run the distance, he could go all the way. I'm going to go to about the 50-yard line, call timeout, take a breath, and then say, no more timeout to start running again. Everybody can run. So that we're going to do the pastor's 50-yard line, take a breath rule. All right? That, that's really going to be funny. But um, anyway, yeah, it's going to be a great time. We got the hamburgers. You just need to come. And if you like to bring chips or whatever, you can do that. But um, it's going to be a great time together. Tonight at 6, we don't do a lot of Sunday evening events. Matter of fact, we do very few. Uh, we do a couple of nights of worship through the years. Uh, this is something we wanted to do to uh, just celebrate the whole church family. I know that there are times of year that we, we have things for a Sunday night event once a year, like for the Dream Teamers. This is for everybody, though, and we want everybody to come and, um, and, and fellowship and be a part of this great event. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're just going to celebrate summer. I, I'm not going to say we're going to celebrate the end of summer because we don't give up on summer like neighborhood pools do. You know, like, what's, what's the deal? You know, like, if I was in a neighborhood that had a neighborhood pool and they say we're going to close on Labor Day, I'm like, there's still, like, weeks of summer left and you're closing the pool? You don't close the pool on September the 2nd, really? We don't close our pool till November. Our, no, our neighbors think we're crazy. We hold on to summer with a death grip around our home. And so, yeah. So, no, we're not celebrating the end of summer. We're just celebrating summer. Summer at Triumph. So it's going to be great. And, and uh, keep that in mind. It's going to be a, a real fun time. We've been doing this series. I started a series um, last week, and uh, this is the this is the the texting uh, version of the word family. Family. I'm going to talk about family. This time of year uh, has been a good time for us to really emphasize something that we feel are extremely important here at Triumph, and that is our Connect group, which uh, connect with others, is right in the center uh, of our of our mission statement. We, we love God, and that's primarily done through our weekend corporate worship experiences. We sort of build these worship experiences in such a way as to f- help people focus on, on what God is doing in their life, what God is doing in the earth, what, who God is. We, we sort of 
sort of focus that, and, and I think today's worship set really exemplified that, especially that last song, One Moment in Your Presence Changes Things. Come on, somebody. That's just a great thought, that we can get in the presence of God, and things in my life can change for the better. And so that's what we do. We love God, but, and then, the, of course, the third part of our vision over here is to serve with excellence, and we do that through primarily through our dream teams, and and we emphasize that because we feel like that if you, can, if you can find a purpose and use that purpose to make a difference in someone's life, your, your life just becomes better. Like we, we weren't created by God just to be consumers or just receive, receive, receive. But there's something very healthy and very powerful that takes place in our lives when we, when we take the time to give. And we give out of our resource. We get out of our abundance. And so, and so uh, you know, we feel like the local church is a great place to do that, that there are so many areas in the local church where we can serve with each other and, and, and be a part of something bigger than we are. And, and I think that's just awesome. But then this idea of connect with others. Now, what we do here at Triumph is we have what we call connect groups. And, and we do those by semesters. We've just come out of our summer semester and have had a few-week break. And now we're, we're launching our fall semester of Connect Groups. And, and for those of you that, that may be, what is a Connect Group? Well, some churches call them cell groups. There's a lot of churches that call them cell groups. That's been, that terminology has been around for years. And some people call them small groups. Basically, it's, it's just an avenue. It's, it's a way for a local church to, to facilitate people building relationships in their life with the people that they go to church with. I think that's extremely important because it is very easy in today's church environment to actually go to church for even an extended period of time in your life and just continue to go to church with perfect strangers. Like, I mean, I've even had people say that to me, you know, they've been here for months or even sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes years and, and not really not really know anyone. I mean, maybe you should think if, if you're in that position today, maybe you should break that mold in your life and, and just before you leave today and, and run through the foyer and sprint to your car when church is over, why don't you just jump up in someone's face and go, hi, my name is, and just see if you can make a, <laughs> at least you know someone's name. Or better yet, maybe if there's someone here today that, that you don't know their name. If you can just catch them just for two seconds after church and say, hey, my name is, and what is your name? But then to go beyond that Sunday morning worship experience, to go beyond that, to actually, to actually have a way to facilitate building family relations within the church of those that, that um, are a part of, of worship with you. Matter of fact, our key verse speaks directly to this, the key verse for our series in Galatians 6, verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. To the family of believers. I mean, we've discussed last week this Greek word for family is okios, and, and it literally means a relative. It means of this house now listen, one who belongs to a particular household or an extended family. That when Paul was writing this to the church, to the church of Galatians, he, he was literally calling that local church this kind of family. That we, are, that we are members of a particular household. And 
And we are extended family. You know, for a lot of us, we may not have blood relatives here and as far as the natural is concerned, but I think it's important for us to recognize that when we become a part of the church, when we become a Christian, that we are then connected with other Christians by the blood of Jesus Christ. We may not have natural blood, but we have the blood of Jesus Christ connecting us as family. I mean, even beyond that, you think for a moment that, that when we were born in a natural birth, we may have family, an extended family in the natural sense, but when we are born again in the church, we become a part of this family of believers, and then specifically, specifically, God plants us in a place where we can actually foster those relationships on a deeper level. Matter of fact, I believe with all of my heart that the church in its origin has a fundamental idea that when we commit to a relationship with Christ, we also commit to a relationship with one another. I mean, maybe I should say it real plain and real bold here. When you were saved, you were not meant to stay alone. I know there's idea in some, in some people's life that, you know, well, I don't need anyone. Well, actually, we all need each other. We are an important part of the church. And as a part of the church, we're a part of an extended family in a particular household. Matter of fact, when you read about the church in the New Testament, it, it wasn't necessarily talking even about a building. I mean, we, we talk about a building. I mean, it's strange. It, it's, it, it's not unusual for me to go into Tulsa and somebody say, okay, well, where's the church? And I say, well, it's on the corner of Highway 75 and 181st in South Glenpool. And the person goes, oh, I know where that church is. You know, I used to turn there and go to a golf course. Or I used to turn there and go to my mother-in-law's. And I know where your church is at. I pass by your church every week. It's not unusual because, because churches like our church sitting in a particular location almost become a landmark that, 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 that there's a destination point that this building is the church. But in the New Testament, the church wasn't the building. I know we reverence the building and we appreciate the building. I'm really glad we're not outside right now in the heat. But the reality of the church is that This is a meeting place we call the church, but the true church is the people. That that when the New Testament talks about the church, when Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, he wasn't talking about a physical structure or a physical building. When he said, upon this rock I will build my church, he was talking about the people. That you and I are a part of the church. And as a part of the church, we are... Members. We are family members. Matter of fact, God's plan for the church is for us to be members of His household in a particular place. God brings the body together, according to the Apostle Paul. He brings us together. With that said, I think that it's important for us to look back at this example from the New Testament in the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, 
So the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now I want to back up for a second. We're going to keep reading here, but listen to me just for a second. It says here they devoted themselves to certain things. They, it, it wasn't just like a on, uh, on the spur of the moment decision. It, it wasn't like an off-the-cuff thing. No, they made a commitment. They devoted themselves to certain things. And here it says that they devoted themselves to the teaching. Well, that's a normal function in the church. On the back side, it said they devoted themselves to prayer. And I think anyone in this room would agree with me that prayer is a vital part of, of, of the church and of, of a relationship with God. Matter of fact, the entire Bible is full of people praying. But it's funny to me that we, may, we have this tremendous emphasis on teaching. You know what I mean? There's what we're doing right now. We do a little on Wednesday night. It's what Christian television is full of, teaching, 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 teaching. We, may, we have this tremendous emphasis on teaching. And then there's this emphasis here that they, voted, they devoted themselves to prayer. And I mean, that makes sense, that the church would pray. But sandwiched in the middle of them is this idea that they also devoted themselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to, to, to this idea of, of coming together. Matter of fact, that word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia. And a lot of people, probably if, even if you didn't know you knew Greek, you probably have heard this word koinonia. It's a very popular word and, and from the Greek. But this word literally means close association in shared interest or shared community life. That they didn't just devote themselves to listening to the preacher preach. They didn't just devote themselves into coming together for prayer and praying in their own devotion at home. But they devoted themselves to this idea of coming together in close association with shared interest and shared community life. See, this goes in the face of any idea that God wants you to be saved but he also wants you to stay on an island. God does not want you to stay on an island. God does not want you to feel like you are alone. Matter of fact, when you become a part of the church, you extend the opportunity in your life for close relationships that bring benefit to your life. I mean, the emphasis on the word koinonia denotes the importance of community relationships. And the emphasis is, is very clear on how they responded as a family unit, as a church, as an intricately connected body, family of believers. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul in his writings, and most of us know this, but it's good for us to rehearse it, that the Apostle Paul in his writings, when he referred to the church, he metaphorically called the church a body. And he said it like this, he said, there are, there, are, there are eyes in the body and there are ears in the body and there's nose in the body and we can even extend that on to say there's fingers in the body and the leg bone's connected to the hip bone and the hip bone's connected to the thigh, whatever bone, I'm losing bones. But the reality is that the Apostle Paul described the church in human body terms. 
Which, which tells me that sitting in this room today, there are people who are meant by God in this particular house to be an eye, and people that are meant to be an ear, and people that are meant to be a finger, and, and, and there are some people that are the heart of the thing, and, and, and you have all of this connected together in order to see the work of God accomplished in a local church setting. And if God is so careful if he is so careful to put the body together and then refers to the church not as isolated pieces, not as dismembered pieces, but he he literally refers to us as a local congregation, as an intricately connected body, close association, shared interest. You can... You can bet you stub your you may not even think much about your little toe, but you stub that little toe and the whole body suddenly becomes aware it's there. You smash a finger and suddenly the finger's reality becomes very true in your life. Why? Because it's intricately connected with the rest. That's why I think it's important for us to value one another and value our relationships and value the reality that we're here for each other. We're a part of this body. Paul went on to say in that teaching, Paul went on to say that God himself placed the members of the body where they are. Therefore, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. And the ear can't say to the nose, I don't need you. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the smelling be? If the whole body were uh, the smelling, where would the hearing be? And, and you, are, you are valuable. So that, that, that's, that's something that I think people miss out on because they think, oh, me, I'm not valuable. I'm not valuable. Well, God placed you here. And God placed you here for a reason. He placed you here for a purpose. He put you even here today to hear this for a purpose. And I think that we all could recognize that every person, every person who is a member of the extended household, a member of the family, every person is important for the health of the others. You know, another place Paul referred to the church, the people referred to the church as a building Matter of fact, he said, this building is so powerful that it becomes a habitation. It becomes a place where God himself dwells among the people. Not in this. I mean, I thank God for this, but not in this, but in this. We become a building. Now, you're sitting here today, and you probably haven't even had a conscious thought of what all it takes to make this building stand. Some of us know. Dave and I have done enough construction projects around here to know that in this wall, in that wall, and those walls are not two-by-four studs, but two-by-six studs. We have crawled around enough to know that sitting on these two-by-six studs is, the, is one side of a truss system that on the wings. Now you, would, you wouldn't know that the two edges where the classrooms are are kind of separate buildings from this main auditorium that there are wings these are actually wings and there's trusses that go through these attics and support the roof and they're connected it all together but you wouldn't know that matter of fact we don't even take conscious thought to recognize that we flip light switches and there are wires 
that are connected to the light switches that are ultimately collected, connected to breaker boxes and fixtures. And you, you know, you just walk in and flip a switch and expect it to work. But all of these parts of the building, all of these parts of the building are important for the function of the whole building. Have you ever seen a building that lost its integrity? Have you ever, have you ever seen someone demolish a building and the first thing they do is take out support walls that you didn't even know were there until they took them out and then the building collapses because they're gone? Have you ever been aggravated by the fact that you flipped the light switch and the lights didn't come on? I think every one of these expect them to. Have you ever changed a light bulb and it still didn't come on and it ended up being the switch? I have. Suddenly you realize just how important this thing is that we almost take for granted. Realize just how important the fact that this roof hasn't come in on us today is an example of the importance of studs and beams that you didn't even know were there. Unless you think about it. So it is with every one of us in this room today. We, we make up that kind of body. And this is why we as a church emphasize the idea of connecting with others because As we connect with others, we support one another and we help one another and we strengthen one another. Church is not meant to be a room full of strangers. It's close association. Matter of fact, the early church, they they met in the temple courts according to Acts chapter 2. Now that was a carryover from their Jewish tradition. They were very very, um, accustomed in their life to meet in the temple course daily or weekly, and, 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 and they did that. But then that bled over even into the non-Jewish church, the Gentile church, and they, they continued to meet. Now, the meeting in the temple courts, our response to this is corporate worship. It's what we do on Sunday and what we do on Wednesday. We, we come together for, for corporate worship on Sunday. On, on Wednesday, we come together for for worship and then word and then prayer and we come together in that 55 minutes and we kind of combine all of those things and we pray over prayer requests and we support one another in the corporate setting. But then it said they ate together, they ate together in their homes. Our response to this is our connect groups. Our response to this is our connect groups that that we find other places and other times to get together and meet and and. The reality of it is everybody, everybody really wants, if you're healthy, everybody wants a cheers experience to go somewhere where everybody knows my name. This morning I'm treading just ever so slightly on some choppy water because we live in an awkward time. I'm not saying it's all bad. So let me disclaimer what I'm about to say with that. I'm not saying it's all bad. There's a lot of good. But there is some, there is some of it that, that needs, I feel, to be examined in our life. And it is this, this rise of social media that gives you the illusion of having a world full of friends with total strangers. 
We even brag a little bit about that. Well, I have 1,322 friends. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't got that many friends. They might be connections. And they may even be loose, extremely loose connections. Because with the rise of this idea that I can have a network of friends that are really complete and total strangers to me that I never really see. I only see their pictures and their words, pictures and words, pictures and words. But are, are, are we really friends? See, I, we, would be, we would be remiss if life in the church became nothing more than pictures and words. There is a developing culture of less face-to-face. And explain that. Just explain this moment. See, technology is great, and, and we enjoy seeing um, things on social media from, you know, our oldest son, Baylor, right, is in Colorado Springs. Him and his wife, Charity, are in Colorado Springs. And just this morning, before Rayleigh and I were leaving our garage, there was an Instagram story of, of their little dog. They got a dog and it chews things. And it's cute and I want to hold it, but I've never seen it. I've never held it. I've just seen it in the world of virtual reality. And although I feel a connection there, it's, it's not the same as those Saturday night FaceTime phone calls those Saturday night FaceTime phone calls, almost every Saturday night, I bug Baylor and Charity by dialing up on FaceTime. And most of the time, they'll answer. And, and at least you hear their voice and see their face. You wish you could reach through it. and You wish you could reach through it and touch it. But I mean, it's a little better because it is somewhat face-to-face. See the facial expressions and talk laugh, see the little dog run around. But when they come home, you know what I mean? It's like when they come home and they're, they're in my house. And they're sitting in the room. It's just different. Because nothing, like I mean literally when they're here, most of my world shuts down. Because I only have two or three days. And we're just together. Because it's family. And we're seeing each other face to face. If you think a post on Instagram is better than that, you have lost your mind. If you think FaceTime is better than that, you're not, you don't even, you're not even tapping it. 
but when you can reach out and touch someone. That's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be family. And we're supposed to want to get with each other. There's a handout. There's four things connect groups are at Triumph. Four things that, that, that I'm, I mean, there's probably more, but these are four things I'm emphasizing today. Our, 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 our connect groups are free market. See, what, what that means is, is that we're not asking to have a mini church service or to emulate what we do on Sundays or anything like that. All we're really asking you to do is whatever you enjoy doing, find some people that like to do the same thing and just get together and do it. And at some point in that, maybe pray a prayer for each other or maybe share a verse or something, do, do something like that. But, but by and large, what, what, you're, what, we're, what we want you to do is just do life together. I've already made a commitment in First Church today that, that don't be shocked that when we connect groups come out this next semester on September the 9th, I, I'm going to host every month a golfing connect group because I've just decided I like to play golf again. I, I took seven years off, and that was my golf sabbatical, and now I'm back at it. And there's people that I already, already play golf with, that already enjoy playing golf, so why not get together once a month and play together and, and share? Have that time. And there, there may be stuff you like to do. We have board game groups, hiking groups. We have whatever, whatever groups. And those are going to be available for you. So free market is like if you enjoy doing something, consider leading a group. Consider saying, you know what, I enjoy doing that. And I guarantee you there's at least two other people in the church that like to do that too. And I just might give, my, give, give myself a, 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 the opportunity to invite someone along. And we're going to help you with those invites. If you're concerned about leading a group, we're going to do our leader training. It, it takes, it's, it's so hard to be a leader of a group here at Triumph that, that um, we, take, we take 10 whole minutes and, 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 and tell you how to be a leader. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard. Our connect groups are fast. We're not asking you to we're not asking you to meet every week. We're actually only asking you to meet once a month. Now, some of our groups decide within the group to meet more than once a month because they just have decided they like each other. Like that stay-at-home mom's group, man. And you've got a bunch of little toddlers running around. You need all the adult relief you can get. But there are other groups that meet once a month. Most of our groups meet for an hour, no more than an hour and a half. Most of them for an hour. Now, my golfing group, obviously... You'd be hard-pressed to play 18 holes of golf in one hour. You can't play 18 holes of golf in one hour. I don't see how you could. I mean, you wouldn't really be playing. You'd just be whacking the ball and running. and You'd be, I don't know, an hour. That's pretty short. But that's decided within the group. That's decided within the group. Our groups are fast. We, we try to make them convenient for you to be a part of. Our connect groups are fun. We really, we really just want people to get together and enjoy being together. It's not laborious. It's not this, this oh, God, I got to go. It's kind of the type of deal that, I mean, I just want to go. I want to be a part of this because it's just fun doing it. It's fun being together. We handed all those surveys out last year at the beginning of our fall Connect Group season. We handed all those surveys out. And did you know not one survey came back to me and said that Connect Groups were terrible? Not one person said, wow, I just hated every minute of it. 
Everybody that wrote back, then I gave them a chance to say, okay, did you have fun? Was it, how was it? And everybody wrote back very positive reports about what it meant to them in their life and how valuable that was for them, how fun it was. Last and not least, the fourth thing I want you to know is connect groups are family. It's, a, it's the opportunity for Colorado to come to Tulsa. Come on, somebody. It's the opportunity for us to sit down face-to-face, walk around face-to-face, do whatever that group's doing face-to-face so that maybe, just maybe, the next time both of y'all come here for a corporate worship experience, when we, when we meet in the temple courts, when you come for that corporate experience, you'll know their name. Say, hey, John. How's your week been? How's things going? Because we've spent so much time together in construction and whatever, see, then I can ask a question like this. How's Cliff feeling? That's John's brother. Hmm? How's Kat, your wife, feeling after her latest episode. See, we ask, I can ask those questions because we have relationship and I know enough about your life that we're not strangers. That's what connect groups do. They help us become family. And listen, no surprise, can't surprise you. There's no, here, here's gonna, gonna, not gonna shock you here, but our connect group semester starts September the 9th. You've probably heard that date already three or four times today. September the 9th, connect groups. No surprise, you have time. You have time to think about it. You have time to think about it. Would you stand with me today? As a family, we stand. Father, today I pray in Jesus' name for your work in our lives, in our hearts. I pray for your strength. I pray for your help. I thank you, Lord, for your work that is, that is taking place in every heart and in every life. I pray that you would draw this church together as a close association, that we, would, that we would emulate that which the early church had, and that was that close family bond, particular household. Father, I thank you today that you're going to help us launch a tremendous connect group season. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to lay upon people's hearts to, to not only join groups, but to launch groups, that they would facilitate and be the leader of that group. And we just declare in Jesus' name that this is going to happen. I thank you for your love and your mercy, your kindness, your truth, your hope, your help. In Jesus' name. As we continue to pray, if you are here today and you say, Pastor, would you just pray for a fresh start in my life? I just want to get a fresh start with the Lord. Would you just slip a hand up? I'm not going to call you forward and embarrass you. Nothing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, church, you can put your hands down. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with us as a church. We're going to pray it together as a family. If you were afraid to raise your hand but wanted to, go ahead and pray the prayer. It works the same. It'll give you that, it'll give you that ump in the Lord that you need today. Pray with me. Say, Father, I thank you right now for this opportunity for a fresh start. I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I know that God raised him from the dead just for me. And I am thankful that today I can call you both Lord 
and Savior. Heal me, help me, strengthen me as I step into this fresh start. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and rejoice with those that prayed this prayer today? Now listen, listen, if you prayed that for the first time, please check on your Connect card that you did. We want to talk to you. Also, if you have any questions, you can come to us. We're here for you. We love you. Amen. We end every service uh, with worship, and our worship today is in our giving, and that's the way we do it. If you call Triumph your home, please be mindful.